You're tuning into Spectre Radio, but wait, don't touch that dial, because this is Spectre Radio presents the MCU. Revisiting our favorite movie moments, debating about scenes from the shows, and combing through the comics. We're just three millennials, binging our way through the MCU, through the eyes of the heroes, villains, and creatures alike. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Tony Stark, and I'm not afraid of you. My name is Alyssa, and we are... Spectre Radio. Don't. It's okay. I'm hot. I'll hurt you. No, you won't. See? Not hot. Am I going to be okay? Uh, no. Spoiler alert, you're in a relationship with me. Nothing will ever be okay. Thank you, Tony and Pepper, for the spoiler warning. Again, this podcast contains adult content and spoiler warnings. Got a lot of apologies to make. Nothing's been the same since New York. They experience things, and then they're over. I can't sleep. And when I do, I have nightmares. Honestly, there's a hundred people who want to kill me. I hope I can protect the one thing I can't live without. I'm Tony Stark. I build neat stuff, got a great girl, occasionally save the world. So why can't I sleep? Because I have a podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you used to stay up really late editing. Those, I wish I didn't laugh at all of these. <laughs> They're funny. I, They're really good. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. We are kicking off phase two with Iron Man 3. Here we Ew. go. And I don't think we could do this podcast without our very special Tony Stark himself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Ethan Fowler. Woo-hoo! I'm Tony Stark. Okay. Well, I'll guess, take it. guess we know your alter ego for later. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned and find out. Uh, um, thanks. I must be doing something right. You guys asked me back, so I didn't, I didn't piss off your fans. <laughs> I got a, a friend actually listening to your podcast because he heard the one you were on for us. And he went through hours so quickly. He goes, dude, I need more stuff. What was that guy's name? And what was his podcast name? So awesome. I think he like binged half of your podcast in like a, in like a week and a half. Yeah, we're, we're ramping up production right now. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. We'll, we'll take, we'll take, <laughs> don't, don't abandon Spectre Radio for us. But uh, if we can be your sister <laughs> podcast or brother podcast, well, I'll take it. Yeah. Heck yeah. So for those who are kind of just listening the first time asking, you know, figuring out what is he talking about, Ethan co-hosts another podcast, Nerd Institute, where right now they are currently deep diving episode by episode into the show Loki. Which so is check, awesome. So check out his podcast, Nerd Institute. Andrew, take it away with our movie recap. A year after the events of the Battle of New York, 
Tony's life hasn't been the same. He's been having severe anxiety attacks, and as a distraction, he's been building suits. A lot of suits. He's been building suits, making contingencies, new technologies, all trying to protect his world and the people in it, trying desperately to get, regain some control over his life after aliens and gods and monsters entered his life, showing him how little control he actually had. Enter Aldrich Killian, CEO of a biotech company with government contracts that gives select people dangerous powers from a formula called Extremis. Killian came to Tony years ago about a think tank idea. Tony blew him off. Since then, Killian has his own idea for becoming rich, playing both sides of war, any war, creating supply and demand. How? He created a villain called the Mandarin to take credit for his various terrorist attacks around the world. That plus his government contracts, supply and demand. After Tony calls out the Mandarin, Killian forces a strike at Tony's home. Jarvis flies Tony far away, but Tony is presumed dead to the public. Now, far away from home, in a suit with no power, Tony had to stop Killian, the Mandarin, save the president, and get back to Pepper. But all he's got to work with is his mechanically inclined brain and a snarky 12-year-old kid. Once again, can Tony fight through his anxiety attacks long enough to save the president, or will America fall to Killian, the villain behind the curtain? He's 13, actually. Thank you very much. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> also, I can always see you laughing out of the corner of my eye. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, just, I'm like, well, that's how I know this isn't God awful. It's, it's going good. I was exactly. laughing because you're so hard on yourself every time you screw up. <laughs> and we know why it has the magical edit button and no one will ever hear the mess ups. <laughs> Andrew, Jonathan, and Contrera, glad to meet you. Yes, Exactly. <laughs> We'll, we'll loop around to that for your alter ego. Don't worry. Oh boy. Um, but I'm going to take us into our next segment. Behind the Arc Reactor! Because, you know, we got to keep it specific to every character, apparently. Um, yeah. Okay, if that's so, a bad idea, then don't do it. <laughs> it's not. I'm just saying okay. why we keep switching it. I'm, people like my mom are going to be so confused. Um. So like Wyatt said, this is the first phase two film, which is pretty cool. Um, And like Andrew was saying before we recorded, he somehow thinks that this is a Christmas movie. Um, So and I'm not the only one who thinks that there are (laughs) articles out there that uh, support that. Yeah. You believe everything you read? Uh, No, I thought of this before I read the article, but, you know, thanks. Ethan's pointing at himself. I'm assuming that means you agree. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, all right. Brewing. I'm excited. Um, but I bring that up because when Tony Stark is signing the autographs for two kids, he points out that one of them looks like Ralphie from A Christmas Story. <laughs> and the actor that played Ralphie, Peter Billingsley, also produced Iron Man and Iron Man 2, as well as playing the role of William in the former and latter, again, in Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, but he was also in another Christmas film with John Favreau. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Elf. Yeah, he had a cameo oh. in Elf. Oh my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> I, for- I forgot about that too. John Favreau. He, he has stole one of my facts, so- by the way. That that was. Uh, <laughs> I, I I thought I was gonna get everyone with that. You're gonna be like, that was the kid from Christmas Story. Because when I realized that, it blew my mind. 
<laughs> yeah. I had to like make that connection for elf in there and tie the Christmas back into it. But yeah, he plays one of the, he's the, he's the elf that spills the beans that buddy is a human. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I had to bring that around, but please Ethan, give us some of yours. <laughs> oh no. I, so there's definitely uh, what I was alluding to before about the validity of Andrew's statement. Um, so this movie, uh, you guys touched on this in your previous review over uh, Iron Man 2, but there was a big director switch, which in my opinion was part of why I don't like this film as much. Um, I feel like stylistically it changed so much from John Favreau, who I loved the direction he gave to mm -hmm. the first two Iron Man films, and I thought he brought a lot to it. Um, and I, I really don't know much of Shane Black's discography. I've seen a couple uh, of his films. I have but, it in front of me. But he <laughs> sets... Lethal Weapon, The Last Boy Scout, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Yep, The Predator. If, if you look <laughs> at all those very films, holiday film -esque. Well, he actually sets all of his films notoriously around Christmas oh, because I see he he thinks that it makes it more memorable to the audience and I remember <laughs> when I watched this movie I was like why am I being reminded every three seconds that it's Christmas there's always like a Christmas tree <laughs> or like the songs that Tony's listening to is some sort of jingle bell rendition of another there was like a deer in the middle of the road yeah, yeah. Think the mandarin was like i intend to finish this by christmas morning yeah pepper's christmas present good god yeah a giant wiener like what what, <laughs> what? are we doing what it's a giant wiener dog no it, it was, was a, a giant playboy bunny <laughs> that i don't know guys what that was not my interpretation in the name of Mike, my sister-in-law and brother just got a wiener dog puppy so now i feel like all i see is a wiener dog puppies everywhere <laughs> i guess they have floppy ears but yeah <laughs> i i've i'm pretty sure it was a rabbit i could yeah, be wrong about I'm that i'm pretty sure it was a playboy bunny but Wyatt is dying right now <laughs> I can't believe you just said that live on the air. That's great. Don't edit it out. That's I want, what it looks I want, like. I want the audience to judge I'm not this. kidding. Like, I wasn't trying to be that and funny. And that's what's going to make them judge you for it even more. She's standing by this. She's not backing down at I'm all. Not. That's legitimately what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> and now I'm you. looking it up because I want to know. I'm sorry. I'm going down a rabbit hole. Oh, no. I, I led you down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I, I did mention that one Christmas fact about Shane Black, um, which I think... It is true that almost all of his films are set around Christmas, except maybe Predator. I don't remember that being mm. Christmas centric. But if you look in the other movies, even the ones you just mentioned, they take place during Christmas. Yeah, that's a so. good point. But anyways, please continue with your facts before <laughs> I derail you further. Oh, this is what this is what this podcast is all about. Derailing. It's just like Christmas is all about vengeance. This podcast is all about derailment and wow. rabbit holes. <laughs> um i've got i've got a couple um so what one more about shane black um he wasn't new to this iron man process while he hadn't directed one before he was um an uncredited consultant for the first two this movie was praised uh for its depiction of ptsd and panic attacks of how realistic it was and pepper's necklace that uh, tony puts on her at the end of the movie is made from shrapnel from his heart that's actually in one of my worst. Wow. Heart-shaped jewelry, big thumbs down. 
Yeah, the I, you like see, you say that, 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 heart, you I'm like, say that right, until the person you're in love with gives you no, one, then you're gonna be like, oh no. my god, it was so sweet. No. Okay, do you know how many girls I've heard say I don't want heart shaped jewelry, and then the second the guy they love, the love of their life gets it, like, oh my god, it was so sweet. I'm like, you remember that literally happened ago? in the office because <laughs> Pam was like, girls don't buy heart shaped jewelry for themselves, and then Jim's like, well, what about the one I got you? Sorry, this is a different podcast. No, but it's true. It's literally <laughs> we love the office here. We <laughs> love fandoms. No, and then remember, she's like, oh, I love that. Sarcastically, she says. She's being sarcastic. She's like, oh, no, that one I love. And then she like looks away and she's like, but do I? But no. would she ever get rid of it? It's in a drawer. She never wears it. That's the same thing. <laughs> anyway, moving on, keeping to this fandom, guys. Um, a couple of my behind the scenes. So did you guys know the Mandarin was the original, was supposed to be the original villain for Iron Man 1? Yes. No. He was supposed to be the leader of the, the Ten Rings, which was the terrorist group from oh, right. the first that. one, which is why this movie, one of the reasons this movie catched a lot of, caught, excuse me, catched, caught a lot of crap. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Which we are going to be getting in the literal Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings film yes, coming out exactly. later this year. Yes, exactly. And I, I is he involved that's what i thought i read just recently he's gonna be there's all yeah absolutely of yeah and so one of one of my the film abomination facts. like mm-hmm. a bunch of them coming mm-hmm. back yeah so i i don't want to cut you off Wyatt, but related to that um there was a short um and i think originally the the mcu they started doing there were several like um they did like literal short films based in the MCU that were technically canonized the same way that all their films were, but they only released them as like special features on like random uh, releases. I think uh, Iron Man 2 had one, or no, it had to have been after Avengers. It might've been an Avengers uh, short that had like these two like random people, they discovered like, leftover shatari technology and then they like used it to rob a bank and then there was another one that was it was a short called hail the all hail the king or something like that and it was literally about uh trevor slattery uh ben kingsley's character Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. was uh the mandarin in this film being in prison and then being attacked by an actual ten ring uh henchman representative or whatever on behalf of the real mandarin and that was a a canonized short you guys should look it up i'm sure it's on youtube that's fantastic i've never even heard of that that's great yeah it's it's maybe six minutes long but it's it's very it's high production it's it reminds me a lot of like what they're trying to do now in disney plus how they're doing like a loki series and doing more expansive storytelling that you would never have the time to see inside of a three hour, two hour movie. Right. Um, you get these random little stories. So I thought that was really cool. And all the Easter eggs, like um, the Mandarin has a Captain America shield tattooed on his neck, mm-hmm. but also Whiplash had a Loki tattoo on his neck. <laughs> so not really an original yeah. Easter egg. I guess this is like a re- repetitive thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, he also more- had tattoos for 10 rings, I believe somewhere on his body in uh, iron man 2 that would make sense yeah 
a couple more of mine and then we'll move on. So Amelia Clark was initially slated to be uh, Maya Hansen. Maya Hansen. Man. Amelia mm-hmm. Clark. So okay. Interesting. So our like Game that. of Thrones actress. Yes. And our Kira. Uh, Iron Man 3 used 17 visual effects studios from around the world to make this film. Wow. 17 different studios. The, and then the the free fall, by the way, from the plane where Tony saved all those people, that was Parallel all monkeys. practical. <laughs> they they filmed that real time because I think originally they were planning on making it all digital. And then the special effects guys were like, hold on, I think we can do this. Um, so that's a they lot ended of up, money. Yeah, they ended up people. like just putting in special effects for Tony's suit and stuff, obviously on top of it, but it was like 90% practical. That's wow. really cool. Yeah. That's fantastic. Did you yeah, know my- they used, sorry, did you know they used CGI at the end of the movie? Did I steal that's- yours, Wyatt? <laughs> no. Did you have I, I that? Did you know that? Like I had that, but I knew one of you was going to do it. So yeah. I it out. So apparently Robert Downey Jr. injured his ankle. And instead of losing shooting potential, they used a CGI version of him superimposing his face onto a body double for like the final scene where he's picking up like the screwdriver from the rubble and like all that stuff from his house. That's like not actually him. Uh, it's a really? body double. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, that's the most impressive <laughs> stuff you hear when it's like something you wouldn't even think there would be CGI. Like Peter Cushing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's All funny. over again. Well, talking about the, the end of the movie, do uh, you guys know how many Iron Man suits were used in the finale? I want to say... A lot. 32? <laughs> 30, let me see. So four, I think four were destroyed in his basement. Um... I don't know, 30, 35, 36. Okay. Oh, wow. Price is right, this Andrew. Is, you yeah. win. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> I love that show. I'm such an that old man. Great. And I'll piggyback off of yours, Wyatt, and say yep. one more that this is the third Iron Man movie, but it's actually the fifth time that Robert Downey Jr. plays Tony Stark slash Iron Man because he does a walk on cameo during the incredible Hulk mm-hmm. and then is part of the ensemble cast in the Avengers. And then obviously, um, you know, his contract kind of changed, right? Cause at the time it only covered the two Avengers sequels and, you know, he was like, Oh, I would really hate to see somebody else play this character. So basically he was so like, as we. long <laughs> as these movies don't suck, I guess I'll keep doing it. So then he did include <laughs> his contract started to include civil war and then everything else, obviously and- after that. And then all of these movies made him hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't hate that. Cool. Moving on to our next topic, what if? So I'm torn between the two that I have. So I'm going to go the more practical one. So what if Pepper actually would have died in the fire? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good so one. So wh- how would that have changed Tony's objective? Obviously, Initially, he thought that she was gone, and then she came back. But what if she was actually gone, gone? Like, would he have just gone suicidal? Would he have just lost his ever-loving mind? Well, there was a, a part in that final battle where he thought that was the case. Right. Um, and not that I'd ever want to see Pepper go, Mm-hmm. But part of me wishes they had either committed to that or happy dying because they did the same thing. 
happy you thought they were you got kind of teasing right up and, right um and so then tony know. lost it with that and that's when yeah. he threatened the mandarin in the first place so we we can see that he goes dark side for sure yeah so i, I don't know i i feel like that may have left tony in a in a really interesting spot to go into uh i guess it would have been age of ultron um mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't know that it would have served any purpose for the film itself because that was literally the very end of it. Right. We would have gotten like a New Year's Eve bender. Yeah. <laughs> like back on the booze, baby. <laughs> like just into it altogether. Yeah, that's that's a really tough. That's like very interesting to think about how much that would change the rest of the timeline too because then you're thinking about all of the repercussions that come from pepper not being in his life for the rest of the timeline and we don't get morgan and love you 3000 and that would that would absolutely suck that would be horrible (laughs) (laughs) i love that moment um gosh i yeah i don't like this idea at all i don't like it i don't like this what if we would like (laughs) get the tva please somebody come blow up this alternate timeline i don't like it I think it would hinder his um, character development because if you notice each movie and then including the future movies, not only does his armor and his tech get developed as, you know, as a result of what happens to him previously, like, um, like when Cap rips off his, his helmet and when they're fighting in civil war, the next movie is infinity war. And he's fighting um, Thanos and Thanos rips his helmet off and it regrows itself. So right, each and every right. time, so not only That's is his suits point. getting it, so he himself changes and adapts each time. So mm-hmm. I think this would definitely have hindered him and sent him down a darker path that one of his friends or someone else would have to like come oh, and yeah. help him out of it before he can kind of get back on his hero's journey, in my That's opinion. That's a good point, Andrew, because remember the little boy says to him like, oh, I wish didn't he say something about like how cold he was? And then when he has Spider-Man suit, he puts a heater in it. Mm-hmm. So like, that's such a good point. Like it's not only just like advancing the development of him as a person and a character, but it's also like improving the technology. There was a meme yeah. I saw that said, Tony couldn't put a suit of armor around the world. So he put a suit of armor around his world and he put it around Rhodey, Pepper and Spider-Man. Aww. Yeah, I was <laughs> But quite, not was happy, none for you happy. <laughs> No, he, he gave Happy a badge, and that's all Happy cared about. Uh, and there's like, you got a badge? You got a badge? You got a badge? Everyone got a that badge. So Visitors me. must that have a badge. so me. I was oh like, my this gosh. is like everybody at work where I work. That's so funny. <laughs> um, I'd like to go next, if that's okay, because my what if kind of branches off yours. Um, so I thought you were going to steal mine, and I was like, oh, man, here we go. So my what if was, um, what if they never fixed Pepper? And she just had the superpower. Do you think Tony oh. could handle not being handle the, the only superhero in the handle in the a hotter than hot redhead? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she was blonde at that point, but I know, yeah, I know. Plain, I'm just but... saying like, I'm just picturing like a, you know, right now the dynamic is where's my super suits. And if it wasn't like that, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's kind of true. You know, it is, it is. It's like, where's my super suit? And she's like, oh, this, this shiitake again. (laughs) So, you know, what do you think that would look like? I think that it, it would take, um, cause this, this low key kind of plays into my, my what if a little bit. Um, 
I think it would take him a minute for his male vibrato ego to be like to adjust to it. <laughs> but I think he can like grow to handle it, um, especially after like testing and all that. And they see what mm-hmm. she's capable of and all that. Um, but I think I think it's I think it's a little early in the timeline for something like that to happen for his character development, in my in my personal opinion. You know, it was too early. In the timeline, the, a little, a little bit. This is the fourth or fifth movie in that he's been in. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you're right because there's still a lot of room. There's I don't still... think it's. I don't think it's way too early. I think it might be maybe a movie too early. Personally, but at this point, like we didn't know we were getting the rest of this. Like we knew mm-hmm. we were getting more Marvel content, but like right. I was just saying with his contracts, like we weren't sure. Yeah, I, I think we, I think at the time we knew he was coming back for one more movie, but I, I don't even think everyone was sure of that at this point. So that's a, that's a really good what if. That could almost be like her segue into her, her own, her own show. Because mm-hmm. like the movie. way they glow and stuff kind of reminds me of Captain Marvel. I you think know, they like had an extremist plot in the first season of Shield, if I'm not mistaken. I they think did. that was the they did right. It was like a piggyback so. off. It wasn't. It wasn't exactly extremist, but it was. Yeah, I, that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it would. <laughs> I, all I'm thinking about is how non-essential Happy felt. Uh, and how even more non-essential he would feel if she suddenly didn't need a bodyguard either he would quite literally be alfred at that point so he he's like well i you know i got laughed at by being your bodyguard so i went to be her bodyguard and i got laughed at even louder i can't be roadie's bodyguard what am i supposed to do by the way the banter between happy this 15 year old kid (laughs) yeah 13 year old kid the banter between happy and anyone in this movie is like the best Excellent. humor he has way Excellent. more dialogue the... yeah it's great i'm so is this happy. the forehead of security <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was freaking fancy what i'm not a tech genius like you i'm like no you're using Have it you like seen my grandmother that, like, would tv so commercial good. where it's like mom hold it like you hold a mirror and it's like okay is that how you hold a mirror no hold it like you hold a mirror when you're facetiming your parent always H- happy easily <laughs> stole half of this movie not gonna lie it was great, yeah. yes. When he wasn't in the hospital. Right. Well, yeah. watching Downton Abbey and his coma. Falling in love with his nurse, right? So good. Uh, falling in love, more like uh, checking out her boobs. Yes. <laughs> as, as he does. Um, for for mine, um, and the reason it kind of piggybacks off yours is because I preface it by saying I know Tony's character hasn't developed enough to make it past the male vibrato to ask for help yet. But what if Tony asked for Steve Rogers' help? Oh. Oh, these are really good. Oh, man. One of the big things I didn't like about this movie is how it, other than addressing the PTSD, is that it didn't address anything other than the the post-credit scene of this movie right. and him talking to Banner. It didn't further the idea of the Avengers at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... And that really, that ties into my what if as well, which we can get to after we've addressed Andrews. But um, I think that would have been a huge plus. Um, and not to say you you needed to have Cap like all through this movie, but just Mm-mm. like address the, the end, reason maybe. why he's not there or mm. there's no communication going on. I mean, it's not like it's a, it's, it's not like it's a contained 
conflict going on. Like this is a global, this affects at, the world at least and national yeah. issue. Like the president of the United States is right. getting kidnapped and you're not calling everyone, you know? Yeah. You're not calling know. the most literal patriotic person, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and it would help because like in the second Avengers movies, Avenger movie, they're already teaming up. Like they've done this a dozen times before. Okay. Maybe show that, you know, cause they don't do it for, they don't do it for, um, excuse me, winter soldier. Uh, they don't do it for Thor two. And I understand they don't want to like have them relying on each other too much, but like if, if you've only worked together once and then your second movie, you work together dozens of times. It's like, what, what did yes. we miss? He was on exactly. a Christmas vacation guys. Come on. Yeah. Christmas <laughs> uh, oh, my, are you coming around with... to my side with that? <laughs> Damn it. I might. Um, my, my thought with you saying that though is uh, Captain America's shield is like just iron at this point. Right. So that only can withstand about 2,300 degrees and then vibranium, vibranium. Yeah. melts. I was going to say, depending on where we're at in the timeline or like which shield we're talking about. Um, Cause like the internet is the jury is out apparently on what, what this looks like. Um, so then I looked up how much heat vibranium can take and vibranium melts at 5,475 degrees. So I'm like, how hot is this lava coming out of these people? Well, they blew up at over 3,000 degrees Celsius. So. Right. So how else can Cap like help, right? Because he can't fly unless he, he's as give strong him a as suit. they are. He's as strong as those yeah, guys are. I'm just, that's so, my thought. Like, like, I think my point of getting be? him was someone who can actually hit them as hard as they can hit him. It was kind of my point for getting him. And he's just a general tactician, mm -hmm. you know, mm, that's which fair. is beneficial. Mm. But... The, the extremist power set is all over the place in this literally film. they're like melting an entire water tower but his clothes aren't burnt i just i mean right and the plot i, I like, realize there's the plots are fighting i feel like too on those two ends and and to that end on the opposite end of the spectrum i feel like tony's power and tony's tech is extremely de-powered because yeah. in this film it's like the slightest chop with extremists they're going in half and then he's fighting thanos hand-to-hand -hand in iron man or uh in infinity war and um i realize his technology probably progressed but it's not like it's but like damn metal hasn't progressed that much like geez yeah so yeah i that's one point. of the many continuity blunders that mm. uh tarnishes this movie for me mm. agreed what were we talking about? What was your one? Uh, <laughs> I think this it's is what happens. I think it's been pretty well answered. Um, yeah. So what about yours? So I'm trying not to make mine long-winded, but um, essentially, I, I actually wrote like a whole fan fiction of how I would do do it Iron Man two better. Um, <laughs> Iron Man two or, or or I'm sorry, Iron Man three better. Okay. Um, I I have one that I wrote that I wrote for Iron Man three. And then one I wrote for guardians of the galaxy two, because those to me are the two, like I consider them to be the worst films in the <gasps> MCU, but not, not, not because exclusively because they're like terrible, but because <laughs> I think they let me down the most. Mm. Um, so it's just, it's really hard. So like one, of, for me, one of the marks of a great movie is that like, the more you watch it, the more you find things, to enhance it it's mm -hmm. like that's the way i feel about winter soldier every time i watch it i'm like wow i didn't notice that and mm -hmm. wow that makes this so much 
better. It's like such a rich, well thought out, well told story. Iron Man three is like the antithesis of that. Every time I watch it, I find something else that makes me more upset or it, it causes me more um, frustration. So um, all that being said, kind of along the same lines of what Andrew was saying is what if this movie picked up more where um, Avengers left off and it was more of like, I, so one, one thing that really works for me in this movie is RDJ is Tony Stark and the idea of the PTSD. Mm. Yeah. Um, I love that. So keeping that in mind, but making it more about Tony sort of establishing the Avengers and maybe he's like, he's trying to bury himself in his work, but also like running ops for the Avengers. And that explains why like cap is being led towards like the Lumerian star right. um, events for uh winter soldier. Mm. And uh, even they talk about in, in winter soldier as well, how they consulted with Tony about building the, the new helicarrier engines and stuff like that. So making it more based around that where, Tony is very involved in the progression of the Avengers and like them sort of establishing their missions, which would make more sense for Avengers two. When Thor says, you know, at last, after all our work, we finally have like narrowed down where the scepter is. And Mm -hmm. before that, it's like, what are you talking about? How long have you guys been looking for the scepter? How long have you guys been doing missions together? I think that sort of being the basis for Iron Man three would have been, it would have made a lot more sense to me. And then the other thing that I think would have led more into Avengers two is if you introduced the idea of Ultron in this movie and tied him into aim. So that's my big, what if, Ooh, I'm sorry, that was a big AIM. preface. No, that no, was I really like good. That. Yeah. So like what, what if Ultron was what aim was after in terms of like, what they I mean, wanted to gain I from I feel Tony. like that would okay. have made way more sense instead of this like random terrorist plot. Like I was like, terrorism again? Like why, why does this have to come back? This doesn't make any sense to me other than how they're tying in the Iron Patriot time, like, you know, um, part of the plot. So I feel like that could have been a better threat and like more interesting than some terrorist who's like not actually a terrorist and, then it <laughs> and would some extremist makes... group that's like not actually an extremist group and they're just would... mutants like <laughs> it would yeah. make sense as far as like tony's whole i i saw a suit of armor around the world like idea in the second avengers like it, it could have been like mm-hmm. oh killian had this you know bastardized idea but you know the foundation of it's not half bad maybe i you know i, I like you said i fix things maybe i can fix it and i can mm-hmm. make it work for us that that's a that's a brilliant idea ethan and, and we know that, like, by Avengers 2, also, Tony had been at least building the Iron Legion, mm-hmm. which is, like, his auto-operational Iron Man suits. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's so much that um, Age of Ultron just assumes we will pick up on and we'll be okay with, that this movie could have been, like, the precursor to mm-hmm. and i feel like it was just a big missed opportunity so yeah, yeah i think absolutely. if we could have gotten it it would have made uh ultron a more menacing villain also if if he had been like 
this the what led up to the creation of Ultron could have at least started here. Like maybe AIM had a, a part in, you know, building the ultimate AI or something like that. And maybe their brains behind that was portrayed by James Spader as a person. And yeah. that's why his voice sounds like it. That'd be kind yeah. of cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So you've read my fan fiction. There's no <laughs> way. Is that in it? Something to that effect. Yes. Wow. All right, we got the James Spader fan club over here. All right, good to know. All righty, now we're moving on to our next category of best and worst. He said next. Yes, how did I know someone was going to say that? (laughs) I always always say one of our last categories, and Wyatt's always like, but it's not our last category. I'm like, I I know, I said one of our. So to avoid all of that, who's on first, what's on second, I just uh, move moved on um but they didn't forget <laughs> yeah um so humor once again like in most marvel movies and especially iron man movies uh was awesome i think we already addressed how happy kind of stole it um not that i should have been laughing while tony was having a panic attack but in all fairness his base they level setting is, is pretty yeah. dramatic already so i'm like wow this is kind of like how i am when i have a panic attack i'm ridiculously snarky <laughs> For no reason. Um, I felt sometimes that the uh, humor in this movie was a little b- bit more subtle than like the last two Iron Man movies. Yes, so I, I enjoyed the Avengers that. too. It was much better. I, I enjoyed how it could have been more subtle. Um, so that was cool. The Once again, the depiction of the anxiety attacks and the PTSD was uh, very well done. And I liked, I, there was an article that put this really well. I liked how this was tony just stripped down basically like it's just him and his ingenuity kind of thing he didn't have a suit for half the movie so and like the kid had to remind him he goes why don't you just build something and then he built a bunch of cool things like tasers and nail guns and a little potato gun grenades little fake grenades that was kind of cool yeah that feeds really well into mine and i agree with all of those um you know, it's Tony's ingenuity that wins fights, not not his suits. And we mm. really get to see Tony be the hero, not Iron Man. Mm. So we get to see he's more than just a man in, a, in an iron suit. Um, in my opinion, I think this is one of the most underrated movies in the MCU. I know this gets crapped on quite a bit. And actually, this is why Ethan is mostly on this one. <laughs> The, I specifically asked up a hot to be take. on this one. Warming up a hot take I, alert. Warming just, up a hot take. Let me pop my popcorn so Alyssa can freak out. That's what I do. But re-watching this uh, this week, it was I thoroughly enjoyed this movie again. I forgot about half of the things that happened in it, so it was a very happy rewatch. Mm. I love I love that he parked his suit at the motorcycle parking at the bar. That was cool. <laughs> That's a baller move, not going to lie. That's I mean, something Wyatt would do. Oh, he absolutely would do that. I wouldn't take it out of the friggin' garage. I'd, <laughs> I would <I'd>, break it. <laughs> I'd flaunt it so much. Um, and kind of just to emphasize what Andrew said, this movie doesn't promote, but it shows the realism of struggling with depression, mental illness, PTSD. Yeah. And we see Tony have a, a panic attack or an anxiety attack. And he goes, what was that? My brain? What was that going on? Uh, yeah. Sir, I believe you just had a... a, a Panic attack. Severe anxiety attack. Right? Yeah. And, you know, for those who have those, it's not something to take lightly. Um, so I, I loved how they kind of went more deep into what Tony was dealing with in this movie. 
Well, if you, if you notice when Jarvis said that, he also went, me? So he like right. he did not think he was a person who could have that sort of right. thing. So yeah. that was interesting. Yeah. Um, when they when they happened to me, but like the first time I didn't know what it was. And it right. wasn't until like two years later that I was like, oh, that's what those have been the whole time. <laughs> Same. That makes so much more sense. That's great. Um my worst in this movie is that I wish we had more characters that developed. Because in my opinion, all we had was Tony and Harley. It's a sequel. That- that actually developed but in in this movie in iron man 3 forget about everything else that surrounds it tony develops what actually most development i think we've seen in him in in, in, in any movie yet i feel like I we get a little bit more happy character development although he's like passed barely, out for half the movie we, per, we barely <laughs> but we get, get way more than we have i feel Happy's, like but happy has like three times more screen time in this movie right, than like and dialogue coma, like so much more dialogue of this movie he's but not, it's still more than uh, we've had i'd say i'd say 60 percent <laughs> of this movie he's out of just in the beginning truth, is in a lot to speak by truth i forgot he was in this until the very end like what? we had the explosion Oh, and they we went back. Yeah, I did kind of have that. I did kind of have that moment. Not gonna I lie, wish, that's fair. I wish they would have cut back to him kind of more. The kind of like, hey, don't forget, this is why Tony's fighting. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of dumb. I mean, I medically, it probably made sense that it took him so long to come out of a coma. But I wish, for the sake of yeah, the movie, that yeah. he had woken up earlier and he, he started his he recovery. He definitely had a concussion after that explosion. <laughs> yeah, I loved the '90s setting in the beginning. Um, <laughs> When they started the um, blue, I was like, yes, and loved that. <laughs> but my, on the flip side of things, like, why was no one worried about Y2K? Like, they were partying like it was 1999. But girl, everybody, when Y2K happened, was, was not out partying. <laughs> they Happy. were worried about Y2K. Happy mentioned that when they yeah. were in the hotel room and the plant <laughs> blew up. He died, John. Oh, oh, it's not Y2K. It's not Y2K. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, that's that was like, mm. so I guess he made a joke, but I was I like, did like that we got, um, what's his name from the first movie? Jensen. Yes. Back. That was cool. Oh, right. right. That yeah. was a nice reference because he said, oh, we met once when at a conference, at a conference in, in Switzerland. Yeah. And he was like, if I was as drunk as you, I wouldn't have been able to stand, let alone give a lecture. <laughs> so I think they did that pretty well. Yes yeah and the first like 40 minutes like i feel like i was watching this movie and i could not like take my eyes off the screen and i like tapped on my little remote to see how far and i was like this, we're already 40 minutes in and i feel like it was just action 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 like non-stop and the rest of the film is the same just go 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 so i like that um and i had the depiction of mental health on my desk as well hmm. um let's see my other worst that I haven't mentioned, <laughs> I'm not going to repeat the heart-shaped jewelry, but um, you're trying to tell me they did an extreme makeover garage edition in one school day? This thing took way longer without all of these machines helping them redo this garage for um, Harley. They show oh, him getting Isn't, isn't that at bus. the end of the movie? Yeah, but they show him getting yeah, off the school but bus. He, so, it like, wasn't he had like that one before school he went day. to school. Yeah. Oh. I'm saying they had one school day. That's like four or five hours to accomplish that. That was some money put in place, I guess, and not 
I, I'm wondering if maybe he just hadn't gone to his garage in a couple of days, but I mean, no, I think it's a good point. But, that that I was mean, rather with all quick, the stuff but... that was in the garage. Like, wouldn't you think it would be way more? I don't know. I don't know. I was pretty, saying that was pretty cool. I, I feel like it would have been a lot more. Um, how about Tony saying and that both of those what? that I won't say and repeat myself. What what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not saying the words he said. Can you give I'm us be an classy idea? Classy this time. No, okay. you know what words no, he said. Stop it. Just said it in front of a 12 year old. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, all right, and then my last one was this was the first movie without Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. As Nick Fury. I thought this was just a film fact, but yeah, that's no, that's true. It, it's a film fact, but it's also like, man, that would have been. I feel like needed it was good he's so good the dynamic with him and tony is great so that would have been extra great <laughs> he, he would have come in how come every time i'm here you always going through some kind of bs yeah and he's like just imagine like, you, like you all the so avengers and and yeah. nick over for like christmas dinner like mm. oh. but, but they're at like nick's house somewhere i guess instead of because tony doesn't have a house <laughs> damn that would have been great. Tony can, Tony can have a house quicker than all four of us put together. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Just saying. That thing rebuilds pretty easily. Uh, so I, I mentioned previously, sorry, I was kind of burying the lead earlier, but um, obviously I, I love Robert Downey Jr. in this role. I mean, I feel like he can do no wrong as Tony Stark. So ultimately the film works and I didn't think about this till you just said it, Alyssa, but the pace of this movie actually is pretty excellent. It's good. Um, I didn't think about that either. It, it does move. And I, I remember when I went to see it in the theater, when I walked out for the first time, I was like, that was awesome. Like that was my initial reaction. But like I said, this is one of those movies that the more I watch it, the more I, I like it less. <laughs> so um, I, I guess I should stop watching it, but. <laughs> I, I do my at least annual rewatch of MCU movies, which is getting progressively harder. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, I think happy really worked. The humor, obviously, we've all mentioned um, the humors like there's some solid laughs in this movie. Um, but I don't want to take an hour on dislikes, although I feel like I could. Oh, no. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I thought Ethan was here, not Eric. <laughs> i'm allowed to have dislikes and and <laughs> I've, I've acknowledged that i'm i'm not like eric is is totally emotionally driven i'm at least rational about my dislikes this and my fair. disdain this is fair that's okay that, uh, i do relate to that <laughs> um so i i think the biggest things that i just can't overlook um one of them being and this is such an unnecessary, I, this is probably why I don't like it to the extent that I don't like it is that the unnecessary, the unnecessary taking out of the arc reactor from Tony's chest at the end, it totally negates the conflict from Iron Man 2 um, of him like having to invent, he went through the trouble of like inventing a new element that didn't exist that they didn't know was possible to exist and he could have just gone and gotten an operation to get the shrapnel taken out i just i, I just can't, yeah that was i can't that overlook was, that 
Um, and the sci-fi science is back on the worst list, guys. Yeah, <laughs> sci-fi science is fun. And I'm fine if you if you set up the rules to say like, this is how the science is going to work in this movie. My my suspension of disbelief is right there with you. But the minute you start like contradicting yourself in your own film, <laughs> yeah, it just like doesn't work for me. <laughs> so that was a big contradiction. Um, and then I really, as funny as I found um, Trevor Slattery and that whole scene where it's the reveal that um, he's not really the Mandarin and all the humor that came with that. And Ben Kingsley did a great performance. I thought it was, it, mm, I laughed. I, I mean, I still laugh yeah. when I watch it, but ultimately I think you're kind of married to a gag that doesn't help the story. Um, so that just like, every time I watch it, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. And uh, I think it helps the story in showing that Killian's even more evil than we thought he was, but that's about it. But I mean, I, I feel yeah, he's like a little more cunning. I mean, it shows that he's behind the terrorist attacks right. initially. So, I mean, I, I don't want to disagree with you. It doesn't, I don't think it helps the plot much, but I think it helps it to an extent. I think they could have done it a different way personally. That, that, I mean, there's definitely some validity to that. I, I think they could have been more successful with that with Killian. And I mm -hmm. don't think he had much, I actually thought um, Guy Pierce did an excellent job at, for what they gave him to do mm -hmm. with Aldrich Killian. I thought he did a great job. I think he's a great actor. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just, I don't know that, that decision to do that just seemed unnecessary. And like we said, I feel like you could have done something else, like start introducing the idea that like, it didn't make sense to me in general that they were trying to go to Tony to steal like a biomechanical formula because he's not really biomechanics. Um, and then extremists, like at the end, it, he didn't even seem like it mattered to him that he got that solved from Tony. So it was like, what was the whole conflict really about? So I don't know. I, I think it just diluted the the character motivations. I, I thought they were they're just kind of weakened. Yeah, it by just the felt like a it. competing plot. Like it wasn't just going along with it didn't I, yeah. fit. It didn't feel like it fit. Right. And then this is just kind of like a petty Nick picky thing. <laughs> But I thought it was so uh, frustrating when Tony, like Sherlock Holmes is the crime scene of the explosion. And it's like, him, he's <laughs> the like tracing the pointing. eye line of the finger point. And I'm just like, is this from like an aerial shot of the crime scene after it took place? Like if it, if it would have been him like digging for a few minutes and then the only thing that was actually there to find was the dog tags, I'd be okay yeah. with it. But he literally jumps like, you're freaking kidding me, right? Yeah. And I, I don't know, I felt like they they felt like they could get away with that because RDJ has played Sherlock Holmes or something, oh <laughs> but I don't know, which That's there funny. was actually, there was a nod to Sherlock Holmes in the uh, the Switzerland scene that I, th I think a lot of people missed. There's uh, in the original Sherlock Holmes movie with Guy Ritchie, there's a scene where he's walking out after he just solved the crime and the, the press is out there to take a picture of him and he covers his hat and he covers his face with a hat and he does the same thing when the paparazzi are trying to take pictures of him and it's the same type of hat it's like one of those um old-timey bowler hats uh, so i thought that mm, was interesting that's funny but yeah i think um other than other issues i've already sort of addressed it's it's just that it kept piling on with the dislikes and 
a lot of times if there's like one little thing, I can overlook it, but it, it just seemed like there was one thing after another in this movie. So it's just, it's hard to go 10 minutes without being reminded that um, th there's like a weak part in the story or something, yeah, yeah. but I'll digress and let someone else go. <laughs> That was, I mean, that was good. That's, I mean, it, it's what your worst things are and that's, that's completely fine. Um, so my worst, and this, I'm reading this directly from my notes. Oh First, firstly, I want to say something about Iron Man uh, two and three real quick. I don't, cause they, they kind of relate. I don't think as many people had a problem with Iron Man two when it first came out. I think it was upon more rewatching that their problems came. And I think, the same thing about this movie. So like Iron Man 2, most of their problems were that there was a lot in the plot and some of the plot didn't quite go together very well and there was not enough action. Uh, this movie, I think people had more of a problem with earlier on because of the Mandarin. And, and initially I didn't very care for this movie at all. And much like Ethan, the more I watched it, the less I, I liked it. However, now that we've got more of a full picture of what the MCU looks like and which movies set up which characters in which way, I don't mind this movie as much. Um, like, obviously, like I thought Shane Black did a decent job at doing this movie. Obviously, was it a John Favreau movie? No. Is it is it Shane Black's fault that everything John Favreau touches turns to gold? No, it's not. <laughs> but um, it, it was it had a different feel to it than the other iron man movies sure. and not always necessarily in a bad way i i, I kind of felt like i and we might have said this earlier killian was kind of a mix between the first two villains that we've already had so it was kind of not terribly right. original I, I don't know that he was necessarily like a billionaire but he was a ceo weapons and he was a yeah and he was a weapons contract so like he was literally based he was he was basically so i think ethan said it earlier they kind of are just formulating um villains i think we said that um in a in more of a private conversation not necessarily on here but um so that was kind of my worst uh for it as well um the mandarin thing how the mandarin's supposed to be this super great bad guy yeah um but i've read certain articles that suggested it may not have worked for for this movie being in 2013 this this movie let me down but not as much as it used to let me down I think the more I can watch it and appreciate it for its subtle, subtle things, the more I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Um, so like something, what your brother always brings to light whenever he's on, um, right. you know, he says, you know, it's hard to really like dislike a movie, but you can have your least favorite. Absolutely. So, yeah. Or your least favorite parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say I actually like this one better than some of the other Iron Man movies. <laughs> <laughs> there were things I liked this about this movie better than some of the better things I liked about the other ones too. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our last category of alter egos. So this will be very fun with a guest involved. Um, <laughs> so I'll start with Wyatt. Oh, so I love that you we can't were say Loki. picking can't say apart Loki. <laughs> this character just now. So I had you as the Mandarin. Um, he's so offended right now. Uh, no, okay, just, Wyatt. He's just an actor. He's not a real terrorist. No. Is it because he's British? Is that why you picked him? 
I mean, I didn't even make did that you just out yourself until as British? you just. I, you, I, I thought did. you had worked hard to edit me out saying that previously. <laughs> <laughs> now the cat's out of the bag. Whatever. Until he edits it out. Um, <laughs> I didn't even make that connection until you said that. But yeah, I guess that could be another reason. Um, just personality wise, he's very easygoing. Like we saw, he's kind of like the life of the party. Um, not really somebody that loves confrontation, <laughs> kind of avoids it altogether. Um, yeah. loves the approval of an audience. And like, every time we meet Wyatt will be like, all right, so here's our new numbers for listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that is, um, kind of similar at times he can definitely be like more reserved or seem kind of shy, but I think, you know, when he's trying to like save his own, butt, is when he'll show how brave he is and protect like himself or something he cares about. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Like he's the center of attention at, at certain points, but <laughs> views himself as like an innocent party at the same time. I'm innocent. I'm not the real Mandarin. Oh, like gosh. go talk to Andrew. That's the bad guy. <laughs> wow. If you only knew. Wow. You've managed to insult both of us so far. Fantastic. Um, I'm sure My it's going to get worse. Oh, um, goody. Oh, okay. Go, Are we going to go, go around go, the horn? Go. All right. Go for Wyatt. No, you, you might as well finish off your... Yeah, uh, I finish mine? Yeah, okay, I wasn't yeah. sure what we meant by that. All right. I, I said my turn, like my turn to be yeah. insulted. <laughs> that got was it. Me. Okay. <laughs> um, Andrew, I have you as Harley Keener. I'm just like the way he talks about his dad, first of all. Can we just say that? <laughs> I'd like oh to my. point out a disclaimer <laughs> that my dad has not walked out. His dad us. has not walked out of his <laughs> life. But every time, Andrew's just like, oh imitating his dad of like oh andrew something something mm -hmm. <laughs> it's always <laughs> right um let's see harley's a young boy who's quite intelligent for his age even though his intelligence is is not as high as tony stark's he's smart enough to build a potato gun that shoots like an actual gun and then when he meets tony stark immediately like grows to see him as this father figure and i feel like you can definitely tend to do that with people. You can like latch on to that. Um, let's see. Okay. Are you offended by that? <laughs> I'm not tracking with you at all. So you're oh you're oh for two right now. All right. But keep going. Well, I mean, the pickings were slim, guys. So yeah, I'm excited was, to hear what you pick. This this was a slim pickings. But I will. Agree. He did make. He did help Tony like make his armor and give him mechanical advice and like used all of his skills to help him out. So. I don't know. He remained friends with Tony Stark. That's all. That's all I got. And my last one's probably offensive too. So here we go. It's fine. Um, so Ethan, <laughs> I, I said, Gary, the cameraman, um, the guy in the news van who's like, Oh my God, it's you. You're alive. And he's like, I'm sorry. I have to show you this. And he busts out the Iron Man tattoo and the fish were here. <laughs> I am oh an Iron Man fanboy, So I was like, that feels very Ethan to me. <laughs> and Adam Pally, who plays that yes. guy, is freaking hilarious. Amazing. So funny. If you haven't watched uh, yes. Happy Endings. Yes, yes, exactly. He's a hero. <laughs> wow. I'll take You're it. welcome. Let's, let's keep this insult train going, I guess. Is it the rest um, you? Yeah, keep going. So I also picked Andrew for Harley. Yes. Um, so reasons is He's your so Andrew, probably listen. track with this at least listen okay so you're smarter than you know 
already um, tracking better. This is how you do that, Alyssa. <laughs> you you help us you help us face our fears since you've lived through some of them yourself. So that's the direction I went. Much more sincere than Alyssa's attack. Oh my gosh, it was not an attack. I speak um, the truth. Thank you, Wyatt. That was very kind of you. Ethan, I went for Killian. How did I know I, you were going to do that? When I was um, writing mine, I'm like, I think he's going to call him Killian, and I don't know why. He just he just celebrated it real quickly. <laughs> um, reasons because he Ethan is insanely smart. Hmm. He, he definitely hides how smart he really is. And he's extremely talented, and he keeps it under wraps. He's a great songwriter, musician, vocalist, great friend, a great... Um, animator as we can see behind him now <laughs> mm-hmm. that's been going for the past hour <laughs> sorry about that no, you're fine. That's awesome. <laughs> no, you're fine um because killian gives that like he's a lot smarter than he gives off and like he if he if he's going to debate with you he can he'll give you like 20 percent of what he actually knows just so he doesn't show his cards right because he's a behind the scenes guy right exactly <laughs> and Good call. Alyssa. We're slagging on female representation in this movie again. Um, there's really only two people that we can pick for you. So I'm going with good old safety net, Miss Pepper. <laughs> good old safety net. That old chestnut. <laughs> that old chestnut. Um, At least she wasn't a complete damsel in distress by the God. end of this. Exactly. Yeah, she, she kicks ass in this movie. And they to see her, her suit, thank God, and it didn't have exactly six inch and heels to, for once. To see her wield parts of Tony's suit and Tony's suit at one point is amazing. Mm-hmm. Is absolutely amazing. Um, she's really stepping out of. Well, she's she was kidnapped, so she was stepped out of her comfort zone. But she <laughs> she did take she did take charge and lead with it. So that's how I see uh, Alyssa. Andrew, you want to keep going? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go. All right, I will uh, go with Alyssa first. Um, because there was such a um, slim pickings of females in this movie, I did not pick a female for Alyssa, and I hope that's okay. Um, I picked uh, Rhodey. Oh, Aww. So <clears throat> when I'm being completely ridiculous, I mean, th- this could go either to Wyatt or <laughs> Alyssa, but I'm going to pick Alyssa for this Here one. When I'm being... When I'm being completely ridiculous, like when Tony's like, here, give me a magazine. And he's like, I don't have one for yours. Just, just, I build weapons. Give me that. They're not universal. Tony. Like when I'm being ridiculous, you're, you're like, no, that's, that's not how this works. That's not how this works at all. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and I don't know. There was, there was just things where like Rhodey kind of knew like what the mission was and like was very like driven about it and like his sense of driven kind of reminded me of Alyssa while I was in the frame of mind of picking characters for each of us so I I picked an attractive black guy for you I, I hope I did okay <laughs> it's okay I didn't say who I picked for me so I I was actually thinking Iron Man slash Tony Stark more so with like the mental health stuff mm-hmm. throughout the movie and like when he's having the anxiety attack and the little kid is asking him a million questions is like one of the last times we all hung out in person, I had an anxiety attack and Andrew was holding my hand to make me feel better and was like, 
do you need water? Do you need this? Do you know, and I'm like, you're making it worse. I'm, I'm hyperventilating. Just hold my hand. And, and then I was fine. <laughs> so I, I was initially going to put that. I'm like, that's entirely not my place to put that. No, so I, I mean, I've talked it. about it on the podcast before. It's not like a secret or anything, but yeah, I uh, was definitely looking more at the male characters for this movie. Too. <laughs> Ethan, I picked as um, Iron Man. There you go. So the intelligence, the as much of an Iron Man fan as as you are, um, you're you're very um, creative, for sure. Um, just the the few things that I know of, then I know that there's more that I don't know of. You're you're insanely creative. Um, for Wyatt, I picked um, Bruce Banner. <laughs> <laughs> the post credit scene. Literally, like I'm not a medical I f- doctor. I feel like that's exactly that something that would happen. I'm like, all right, Wyatt, I need you to help me out with this, and it's like something like hella not oh, in yeah. Wyatt's. That's like when like, I was like, like, Wyatt, I need you to look at my sunroof, and he was like, I fix glass, not motors, and I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> and I-, I had a feeling like if I told him a two and a half hour story. <laughs> that he didn't want to hear in the first place, he would probably nod off at some point, which would not be his fault, um, <laughs> especially if it was later. That you know, does not guys, make Wyatt I, a bad friend. <laughs> I, I appreciate the variety of characters that I'm getting, but I'm slightly concerned because I, I jump all over the place, depending on what movie we're on. <laughs> um, and then for myself, I picked a mix between Happy and Tony Stark because uh, much like Alyssa, I, you know, and much like many people, I've had uh, some anxiety attacks. Yeah. Um, so, and then Very with happy, relatable. oh yeah, for sure. Abs- absolutely. And then much like Tony, my base is somewhat dramatic. So my anxiety <laughs> attacks are somewhat dramatic because I don't know how to do anything normally, like a normal person. I think that's because like I'm a t- an Italian New Yorker, like which, uh, I don't know. I feel that. Um, yeah. Um, and then for happy, if I was put in charge of something like doesn't even have to be like important, <laughs> I'd be like badge, badge. But, hey guys, that was you as the best man and why it's wedding. Oh, literally, yeah. You're I, like I, I'm, I'm the best real. man. I'm the best man. Uh, nice to meet I you. Went, I'm the best man. <laughs> I, I went around to every table, and some people thought I was the maitre d because I asked them how the food was <laughs> and how how their experience was. Um, I also was carrying at Wyatt's wedding. Um which someone randomly came up and thanked me for carrying uh, firearms. That was interesting. Um, I would be very protective. <laughs> I'm very protective over my, what? I just remember that was the first day I met you. And then we were driving to the after party and you were like, oh, just got to put this in the glove box real quick. And I was like, I just met this man and I'm in his car and he has a gun. What is happening right now? <laughs> Sorry, dad, well, if life, you're listening to this. My, my life went so wrong. What happened? Wow. <laughs> I have a license. I was I was background checked by the government for all the good that does. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. Um, Only I'm, joking. Only I'm joking. very protective over my uh, over my friends. Um, and uh, like, if I was taken from, actually, even when I am taken from like one job to another, like Happy was, where he was Iron Man's bodyguard. And it's like not his job to like be around Iron Man anymore. I I would still be checking in with my friends from my previous job, um, and then switching back to Iron Man real quick. Um, when he saw Happy in the hospital, and it like a switch flipped, and he like called out the Mandarin without even thinking about how that could put, you know, himself or anybody else in harm's way. I would definitely. I would definitely bite off more than I can chew if like someone like hurt one of you guys. 
or like one of my, you know, any one of my other friends, I would definitely be too big for my britches and find myself in a situation in which I would probably get my ass handed to me like, like Iron Man did. Cool. Well, I don't know if it's fair for me to, uh, every guest has done it. Every guest has done it. So you're all good. First I was going to do it purely based on like, who do they look most alike? But, um, (laughs) then I quickly realized that's a bad idea. (laughs) Um, so which one of us looks more like uh, Don Cheadle? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely not, you're definitely not roadie. You can, you can bet on that. Um, Andrew. But I think, uh, so for Alyssa, I picked Harley specifically because he isn't like intimidated by Tony's like vibrato or mm-hmm. his larger than life ego or whatever and he has no problem asserting that um and that is just i i totally get that vibe from you um (laughs) from our instagram dms i'm sure sorry (laughs) they're like always in all capitals (laughs) (laughs) totally i i assume based on like whenever i get a response from specter radio i'm reading it in Alyssa's voice in my head (laughs) 99 percent of the time it's me um i picked <laughs> i picked jarvis for andrew because yes! boom, yeah. uh, because he's smart and he is also probably specifically in this movie uh exhausted by tony stark <laughs> <laughs> and tony would be wyatt in this movie. <laughs> Not only because of the facial hair, but uh, that's the second time I've got that comment too. (laughs) I've told you that you're the one of the few people I know that can rock a goatee. Like I've, Mm. I've done that to myself when I'm, you know how, like when you grow out a beard and you try to do every facial thing possible as you're shaving it down to nothing. (laughs) Every time I get to the goatee phase, I'm like, no, this just doesn't work for me. But uh, try to make it work work. for me either. Um, but, uh, for myself, I agree with Wyatt in, in terms of Aldrich Killian, because I don't know, this isn't probably something that anyone knows about me, but I'm motivated very highly by people doubting me. So, uh, if that's something Megan ever figures out, she could probably get me to do whatever she wants. (laughs) I bet you can't. Un- unload the dishwasher tonight <laughs> she'll yeah, exactly. say to you or something right yeah you'll never finish painting the upstairs I'll do it by the end of the night um but yeah I just I I, I related to every time I watch the movie and I he talks about how his his dad was kind of a jerk to him and like Tony was a jerk to him and everyone was a jerk to him the whole time he was trying to create aim and then he became this like successful you know he had the glow up yeah totally for sure good lord so i i relate to that uh greatly but um not not to like a menacing degree obviously <laughs> so well guys a famous man once said we create our own demons who said that what does that even mean it doesn't matter because the podcast is over <laughs> um but not before we thank our guest ethan for being here so thank you so much Thank for, you for going back. on this journey and coming back yes absolutely hopefully i didn't completely <laughs> take off every person that no. loves iron man 3 i did ask why it asked me which one uh i would want to be on 
And I said, I think it would be most entertaining for your listeners if I did <laughs> Iron Man 3, because it's one of the, the few movies that I don't unabashedly love in the sure. MCU. So. That's what makes this podcast interesting, is when yeah. we disagree, which is why we have three of us, because it's always, at some point, not every, every three of us here is going to agree. So it's two against one, or one all by themselves. And... <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Everybody go check out Nerd Institute and tell us what you think. We love our friends of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And you can join us next week for our rewatch of Thor The Dark World. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram as at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Ask the Avengers. This is Spectre Radio, signing off. <laughs>